Let's open it up to uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. The Gospel of John, chapter 14. And we're going to start a new series this morning, and I believe you're going to be responsive today. I know it's chilly and snowy outside, but it's going to get hot up in here. Because <laughs> I'm going to preach. First I'm going to teach, then I'm going to preach. Uh, but we're going to start this new series, and it's called Ever Present. Ever Present. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit in your life. So we're going to start here, John 14 and verse 16. And this is Jesus praying Jesus speaking, and he says, I will pray that the Father, he will give you another helper. Everybody say helper. That he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. But notice that Jesus praying, he says, I pray to the Father, he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. So today we're going to start this new series called Ever Present. Everybody say Ever Present. We talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. I'm excited about it. And this is uh, one of these subjects that we need to teach in our church uh, because we are a spirit-filled church. Uh, Every believer should be spirit-filled and should believe in the Holy Spirit because you can't even be saved without the Holy Spirit in your life. And so we're going to talk not just today but the next several weeks about the importance of the Holy Spirit. Who is he? What does he do? Why do you need him? Why is he the most important thing in your life that you need the Holy Spirit? So we're going to start this series about ever-present this morning, but we want to kind of lay some foundation today. So i got to teach you before I preach to you. So i got to teach first because there's been a lot of misunderstanding about the Holy Spirit, and we want to clear that up so you're not afraid and you know who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. So uh, this is an important subject to preach on, especially in a church like ours. Uh, We believe in the Holy Spirit, but you realize if you don't talk about him for a, a season, people forget. And then there's new people in here who never heard a message about the Holy Spirit. Kind of the same thing about faith. If you stop preaching about faith, then people forget. People's confession goes back to being negative. They forget to speak faith words. They forget to believe in God. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So whatever we're preaching on, that's what you're going to have faith in. That's what you're going to be excited about. That's what you're going to be walking out in your life. Whatever you're hearing constantly. So we need to continue to preach about faith in this church. We need to continue to preach about healing in this church. We need to continue to preach about deliverance in this church. We need to continue to preach about the spirit-filled Holy Spirit life because it's important to this house. Can I get amen in this Methodist Assembly of God church? So when we preach on this, it re-energizes your faith in the Holy Spirit's role in your life. Some of you who never heard some of these things before, it's going to give you faith in the Holy Spirit's job and activity in your life. So, ever present. To begin this, uh, we want to say some things to kind of lay a foundation for where we're going. The Holy Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit today, the Holy Spirit, first of all, we need to know a few things about him, who he is and what he does A lot of times the Holy Spirit in churches and also just unbelievers, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the Holy Spirit. There's misunderstanding for several reasons. One reason being they don't have any knowledge of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. So how many know if you're ignorant about something, you're afraid of that subject? You're afraid of that person. Sometimes when you don't know somebody, you're afraid because there is lack of knowledge, lack of understanding. You don't know because nobody has ever taught you. So a lot of times people are afraid of Holy Spirit. They're afraid of Holy Spirit-filled churches or Holy Spirit talk because they've never been taught who he is and what he does. Also, 
Uh, let's just be honest here. Holy Spirit, when you say the Holy Spirit, a lot of times uh, people will use, now Pentecostals use this word, not just not like Christian churches, Baptist churches, they use Holy Spirit. But real charismatic Pentecostals say Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, some of you some of you are receiving that. Some of you are freaking out, and the other ones in here are agreeing. See, that's an old King James version of what Holy Spirit is. They used to say Holy Ghost. Now, back 400 years ago when you spoke King James, it meant something different than it does today. But you're just thinking ghosts, and that freaks most people out. Can I get amen? You're saying, why is he talking about a ghost on Sunday morning? A ghost who wants to come and live on the inside of me. Make me talk in all sorts of languages. Make me act wild. And you're telling me there's a holy ghost who's going to do all that? I don't want that. That's scary. That freaks me out. So we got to be honest enough to acknowledge that. Sometimes our terminology, when you're talking to somebody who doesn't know anything, that could freak them out. That could turn them off. So that's why we need to have knowledge on the Holy Spirit. Also, People are intimidated or scared of this subject because they've seen people do weird things. A lot of people do weird things in the name of the Holy Spirit, which had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. It's that person was just weird. Can I get amen? We're going to come back to that one later on in this message. So the Holy Spirit, who is he? The Holy Spirit... If you're taking notes, because we're going to teach before we preach, the Holy Spirit, if you're taking notes, the Holy Spirit is God. The Bible reveals God in three persons. He is one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, that's what the Bible reveals to us. Uh, Some would say that's uh, what we call the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is just as much God as the Father is and as the Son is. And in reality, we are living today in the church age. But it's really not just the church age. This is the age of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that the Father is in heaven and the Son is in heaven at the right hand. But he sent the Holy Spirit back to help the church fulfill the mission of God on the earth. So the Holy Spirit is here on the earth, living here, abiding here, living through believers and the, the Holy Spirit is here, and he is God. He is, he is not sub-anything. He is just as much God as the Father and the Son is. So the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit also is a person. He is not a force. He is not the force. Any Star Wars people in here, I'm a Star Wars per- person all day. He is not just the force or a feeling or a goosebump. He is a person because he is God. Now, why is that important that we know that this morning? Because if you think he is just a force or a feeling or a goosebump, you can never have a relationship with him. How many know you don't have a relationship with your feelings and a goosebump and a force and a presence, but you can with a person? And so if we don't see the Holy Spirit as a real person, because he is, we can't relate to him as a person. And he wants to have an intimate friendship and relationship with us. But if we just see the Holy Spirit as a force or a feeling, we cannot relate to him as a person and as the God he truly is. Are you following me so far this morning? Even the Bible reveals this to us because it doesn't just refer to the Holy Spirit as a force or a feeling. It refers to him in a personal pronoun way. It says he does this or himself does this or the Holy Spirit himself uh, helps us pray, helps us live this life, gives us power. It talks about him in a personal way because he is a person and he is God. He is not just a force or a feeling. Are you here today? And he is the God who lives within us. He is God not just with us, he lives within us. The the Holy Spirit is God inside. I love Brother Hagin. He said more more believers need to be God inside-minded. God's not up in heaven. He's not 
across the universe, he's living on the inside of us. If you've received him, the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in our spirit, in our heart, in our lives. And he is God inside. So that means we're never alone. Come on now, somebody. We're never alone, ever. We're never alone. We're never without help. We're never without hope. God's not a faraway presence somewhere in the other part of the universe. No, he's right here on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit of God has taken residence on the inside of every believer in here, whether you know it or not. The Holy Spirit of God has made his home in your heart and in your life by his presence. So the Holy Spirit is God, and he is a person. And he's God inside. I love this. Jesus said it's better for me to go because it's to your advantage. Now, how is that true? Jesus said it's better for me to go. He told his disciples this because I'm going to send one, the helper, the Holy Spirit. And he's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be the same as I am. And it's better to your advantage that I go away and I send him back to you. Let me tell you one of the main reasons why. Because when Jesus was here in physical form, he could only be at one place at one time. So if you want to spend time with Jesus, you're going to have to take a plane over to Israel. You're going to have to go over there. You're going to have to find Jesus in Jerusalem somewhere. And you're going to have to talk to him. You're going to have to hang out with him. But there's probably going to be a waiting line. Because there's going to be thousands of other people that want to talk to Jesus and hang out with Jesus and get Jesus' counsel and have his friendship. And so Jesus said, it's better for me to go away because I can only do so much because I'm here in one person, physically here. And I can only do one thing at a time because I'm just one person. But if I send the Holy Spirit... He's not going to just be here as in one person, but he's going to be ever present. He's omnipresent. That means that he is present everywhere at the same time. The Spirit of God can live on the inside of us all at the same exact time. He can give us help at the same exact time. He can help us. He can change us. He can heal us. He can counsel us. He can comfort us. I'm preaching better than you responded. At the same exact time. That's why it's to our advantage that Jesus went to heaven and sent back the Holy Spirit to us. Because now we're never without him. Never alone. Never without him. Never without help. Because he lives on the inside of us. So Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go. And I send the Holy Spirit because he is God. Just as much as me. The Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit is God. He is a person. He's not a force. You know, if we... um, if we see him just as a feeling or um, something he does and not a person, we can't relate to him. We can't have a friendship with him. I was thinking about this, and I know what people mean by this, but let's just say praying in tongues. When people pray in tongues, they say, that's the Holy Ghost. Yes and no. Because the Holy Ghost is a person, not tongues. But the Holy Spirit is the one giving you the ability to speak in a spiritual language. That's true. Or somebody falls out and they say, that's the Holy Ghost. Yes and no. The Holy Ghost is not falling out. The Holy Ghost is not goosebumps. The Holy Ghost is not tongues. The Holy Ghost is not just you being wild in the service. But... The Holy Spirit does come upon you and gives you a spiritual language. And his presence can be so strong, you do fall out. And his presence can be so strong, you do cry and you sing and you rejoice and you shout and you take a lap. But the Holy Spirit is not just those things. He is a person. I'm just trying to straighten out our theology here so we understand this. So, yes, he does those things, and he comes on people, and they feel a certain way. 
But he is a person, not just a force or a feeling. Because let me tell you something about Pentecostals and Charismatics I know, and I've been one 31 years of my life. A lot of times the people that act the most wild in service don't walk it from Monday through Saturday. So you could say Holy Ghost all day long. You acted wild. You prayed in tongues. You did a jig in service. You shouted. But how do you live Monday through Saturday? Because if you only acted a certain way on Sunday morning and you don't live it Monday through Saturday, it wasn't the Holy Ghost. You just wanted to be wild and emotional on a Sunday morning. Come on now, somebody. Now, you who are quiet, I'm not saying it's good to be quiet either. He's like, yeah, he just validated my deadness in service. Praise God. Woo, I don't do any of that. I just sit here like a bump on a log the whole time. Praise God. No, what you're doing is not good either. Because if you're alive, you're going to express something. You're going to sing. You're going to shout. You're going to smile at the preacher because he's good. You're going you're gonna to enter into the service because you know it's true. You're going to express something. But the point I'm making, if all we do is just those wild things and there's no fruit after those things, the next week, stop blaming it on the Holy Spirit. You're giving Christians a bad name, and especially Pentecostals, Charismatics, because they see that. So the Holy Spirit is God, and he is a person, and he's not just a force or feelings. He is a person. Now, his presence can come on you, and it will come on you, and you will do certain things and feel certain ways, but he is a person. So that means after you experience God in a supernatural way, which we believe in that, some of you need some of that right now by the look on your face. After you do that, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to just stay up here. He wants to live with you Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday morning. He wants to help you when you wake up the next day and you don't feel the same tingly feeling you felt when you got prayed for. He wants to help you the next morning when you need help the most. He wants to help you in the afternoon when you can't figure out something. And that's why he's called the counselor. And he wants to lead you and guide you into all truth. He wants to help you on Tuesday afternoon when you get a bad report. And not just give you tinglies, but he'll be your comforter and your counselor and your helper. You know, when you mess up and you blow it and you feel like you don't want to go to God, you don't want to pray to God, you want to stay away from church, you want to be away from church people, he is your advocate who comes and he pleads your case. And he helps you say, no, 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 you are taken care of. You are healed. You are sanctified. You are forgiven. Do not let guilt and shame take over your life. So the Holy Spirit wants to do a lot more than give you a warm, tingly feeling and make you fall out. That's just a start. You need that to knock the mess off of you. (laughs) You need this, but you also need him Monday through Saturday to be your helper in the Holy Spirit of God and to have a real friendship and relationship with him. You know, something I've learned from dad all my life, he's always said this. He said, I love you kids, but you're not my best friend. He said, I love you, Pastor Diana, but you're not my best friend. He said, my best friend is the Holy Spirit. And that's not preacher talk. That's real talk. And that should be said not just for a preacher. It should be said for all of us. If we're really believers, our best friend, our closest relationship, our most intimate companion should be the Holy Spirit of God who lives and abides in us forever. He's with us all the time. Even when you can't get a hold of your mom on the phone when you have an issue, guess what? The Holy Spirit's there. You could talk to him. When your texts are not going through because you're out in the country, the Holy Spirit's there. He's in you. When, you, when you're in need and when you're in hel- you need help and you're alone, no, he's there. He wants to be the closest companion, closest friend your best friend, because he's a person, not just a force, and he is God, the Spirit of God. I think that's one of the most comforting things in life as a believer, 
is when you're walking throughout your day and you, for a second you could feel overwhelmed or you could feel helpless or you could feel hopeless and then just take five seconds and just think about it for a second. The Holy Spirit of God's living on the inside of me right now. I mean, just think about that. Doesn't when you, th- when you think about that, all those fears, all those doubts, all those anxieties start to go away because you remember, you're not alone. I'm not by myself. I feel by myself sometimes. You could feel hopeless or helpless. But when you remind yourself and be God inside mind and remind yourself, no, the Holy Spirit of God is living on the inside of me right now to help me, to guide me, to strengthen me, to encourage me. He's not a far way off. Spirit of God's living right here. Do you realize there is thousands and thousands of generations and heroes of the faith that wish they lived right now? Talk about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Esther, David, Solomon, Isaiah. Think about all those heroes of the faith. Joshua. They didn't have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of them. They look forward to a day that we live in today. Sometimes we take it for granted. It it hasn't always been this way. The Holy Spirit hasn't always lived in us and through his people. But he does today. And those heroes of the faith wished they lived when we live right now. Where the Spirit of God not just would come upon them, but live inside them. Never leave them. Never forsake them. Always with them. And we live in that time. So we see the Holy Spirit is God and he is a person. He wants to help us. He wants to be there for us at all times. He should be our greatest friend, most intimate companion. And we need to develop relationship with him. Just like any other relationship, what does it take? Got it. Time. Time. If you want to be close to somebody, you're going to have to spend time. For any relationship in your life, if you want to be close and intimate with that person, you're going to have to spend time. So just ask yourself, you don't got to say it out loud, but how much time do we actually spend with intentional time with the Holy Spirit on an everyday basis? Now, I know he's always there. But that doesn't mean you're always having a relationship with him. He's always there, but are you talking to him? Are you having a relationship with him? Are you spending time with him? Because he's there. So the only way we can develop a real friendship and relationship with God himself, the Holy Spirit, is we got to spend time. We got to spend time to grow that relationship. I want to give you uh, some other things about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is supernatural, but He's not spooky. He's not weird, but He is supernatural. You will see some things happen. If you're a real believer, you will see some things happen that your eyes and your ears cannot believe. (laughs) Because he's God. He does things that are outside of what we can comprehend and understand. Miracles can happen. Healings can happen. Deliverance can happen because he's a supernatural God. And we believe that. But just because he's supernatural doesn't mean he's spooky or weird. So, we need to judge ourselves to see if we have certain attitudes about the Holy Spirit just because we've seen certain people act certain ways. 
Because he is real and he is supernatural, but he's not spooky and he's not weird. I've seen a lot of things as a church person my whole life that were weird and strange and there was no fruit in it afterwards. The Holy Spirit's not going to turn you into a weirdo with a twitch in your eye. A weird glazed look on your face. And you're prophesying over all your coworkers. And you're just being a strange person. That's not the Holy Spirit. He is supernatural. But he's not spooky. And he's not weird. And how many know the media helps us portray this even more? You know the only spirit-filled people that get on CNN, right? You know the only spirit-filled people that get on the news. Who is it? It's the Kentucky fan with three teeth from Raccoon Holler, Kentucky, who goes to a Pentecostal church with snakes and poison and praising tongues half the interview. That's who they get on TV to be interviewed to be the person who is the poster child for the spirit-filled life. They don't get the intelligent person, the spirit-filled businessman. They don't get the spirit-filled doctor or the spirit-filled lawyer. They don't get the spirit-filled teacher. They don't get the spirit-filled mailman. They get the spirit-filled weirdo. Can I get amen in the house of God? And so the media has made us to think that the Holy Spirit-filled life and Holy Spirit-filled people are weird and strange, and they're ignorant. Oh, they love promoting that. Oh, they're just uneducated. That's why they believe in all that supernatural stuff because they're, they're, they're a feelings person, and they need that crutch of the Holy Spirit because they're, they're not educated like we are because we're just so educated and dry. But they need all that because they don't know any better. They just need that old-time religion. So the media helps us to think that way. Even unbelievers know that about Holy Spirit-filled people. Even if they don't believe, they have a bad mindset towards the Holy Spirit or Pentecostal charismatic people. But it's not true. It's not true. That's why you need a real pastor to teach you what's true and what's not true about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is supernatural, but he's not spooky and he's not weird. Here's another thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you self-control, not make you out of control. He will bring your life into divine order if he's really there. That's what I was saying about us having supernatural experiences. I'm all for that. But if you're just out of control and you don't have self-control Monday through Saturday, was it really the Holy Spirit? Because if you're experiencing God's presence and God's power, he's not going to make your life more out of control. He's going to bring it into control. He's going to bring it into divine alignment. And one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. So the Holy Spirit, if he's really moving in your life, he should be bringing things into order, not chaos. He should be bringing things into a divine order. You want to know a funny story? One person. You guys want to know a funny story? Okay. I'm just going to make fun of church people for a little bit, if that's okay. So back to my point. So the Holy Spirit's going to bring you into self-control, not make you out of control. Because that's the perception in the Holy Spirit-filled people. So we've had a lot of weirdos come through this church. Some are still here. <laughs> I, need, I need Brother Ronnie up there because i got a lot of jokes coming. Um, like I said, and I've seen about everything, being the pastor's son, being in church my whole life, seen a lot of different people. And you know, if they hear about a church like ours, oh, y'all charismatic Pentecost over here? 
oh, I need to come to your church. No, maybe you need to stay home. Because I don't know what you, what, what you are thinking when you say that about us. So, uh, a few years back, and I'm not going to apologize for anything I'm about to say. I just say, you know what I, you know what I, I say on Sunday mornings? I say the stuff that all of you are thinking, but I just say it. See, that's why we're we're together in this. Because, like, did Pastor see that? Oh, yeah, I saw that. I was thinking the same thing. Somebody get that person. So, a few years ago, there was a laughing lady at our church. And I'm all for laughing. You should laugh at my jokes instead of looking at me like I don't know what I'm saying. But... This lady laughed at all the wrong times and was distracting. And she did this not just one service, but service after service after service. And she didn't laugh at good times. It would be like dad would be giving his testimony and be like, I was a drug addict. And she'd be like, ha, 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 ha. Like, okay, that's a wrong time to laugh, lady. Laugh when we're telling a joke. She would laugh all throughout the service, and it would just, it wouldn't be a normal laugh. It would be the witch's cauldron laugh. <laughs> I'm just going to let you think about what that means. She had a very creepy sounding laugh. So it went on for weeks and weeks. In weeks, And I knew this because I was sitting right here and I was distracted and I said, oh, I know everybody in this church is not paying attention right now. And it went on for week after week after week. And I said, and I especially know the people on this side in this corner and the people on this side, oh, they are laughing the whole entire time and not listening to what dad's saying. So this kept happening. And I was thinking, because dad was the pastor at that time, and dad's a prophet, but he was being so nice and not mentioning it. I was saying, of all times in your life, to be a prophet, rebuke the lady, for goodness sakes. You're going to get big on us? Get big on this lady. She's the one who needs correction, not us. But dad was like, He had this pastoral anointing just with one lady. (laughs) So anyways, it kept going on for week after week after week. And I was sitting on the row, and I was fuming the whole entire time. I was like, shut this lady up. This is ridiculous. Dad, why are you not saying anything? And then I was thinking, ushers, where are you at? Why do we pay you the big bucks that we pay you? You're not doing anything. Now, this, you're laughing, but this has happened a million times in 31 years of this church. So, anyways, this lady keeps laughing, and one day, I just had it. You're thinking, you're pastor? Yes, you're pastor. So, at lunch, mom and dad were there, and I brought it up. I'm like, do you not hear this lady in the back of our church? She's been doing this for months now, and she's so distracting. And I was pleading with dad, like, say something to her. And dad was just acting so loving, like, oh, you know, she'll probably, it'll work out. She'll get straightened out sometime. Like, where's the prophet? (laughs) Call her out, for goodness sakes. So anyways, they wouldn't do anything because they were being chickens. (laughs) So anyways, anybody remember who I'm talking about? (laughs) I mean, there's been multiple strange people come through here and done distracting things. But I'm like, at least Brother Les or somebody just like tranquilizer dart or something, anything, just just carry her out. No one would even know. She wouldn't say a word. I didn't say kill her. I mean, just tranquilize her for a little bit. Just carry her out of service till the service is over and we'll just go on. So this was happening so long, and I was like, this is so distracting. People aren't paying attention. Of course, I'm thinking about new people. I'm always thinking about new people. Don't ruin it for the rest of us. Anyways, so this is what I do. I say, why do we have a staff? Brother Sean, Miss Donna, 
you talk to her. So that's what we did. So I have Brother Sean and Miss Donna schedule an appointment with her. She's been doing this for months, distracting everybody. How many know that is not God? That's not the Holy Spirit when you take over the service and no one can concentrate or pay attention. That's not God. I'm getting to a point here. So Brother Sean and Miss Donna meet with her, bring her in. They say, hey, we love you. We're glad you're here, but you need to stop laughing during service. It's distracting people. You know what she said? I can't help it. The Holy Spirit's coming on me. I just can't help it. That's not true. That's a lie. No, the Holy Spirit's not going to make you out of control. He's going to bring you into self-control. And you can help anything you want to help because you're in charge of your own spirit and your own life. Even if the presence of God is super strong on you, he will not violate your will. So you can do whatever you want to do. It's not, I can't help it. The Holy Spirit's making me do this. That's not true. And so if someone is being led to do something in a service that distracts everyone and takes them away from the presence of God, away from what's being taught, and people can't enter in, people can't listen to the message, that is not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. He's not going to make you out of control. He's got to bring you into self-control. So anyways, Brother Sean, Miss Donna, were sweet to her, a lot sweeter than the way I'm saying it right now. Notice I never said anything. I was just fuming about it. <laughs> Do something about it, Mom and Dad. So anyways, they talked to her. They said, well, we need you to do this because you're distracting other people. It's been going on for months. And she said, I can't help it. So that was the end of the conversation. And she never has come back to this church. That's not what we wanted to happen. But I don't care who it is. If you say the Holy Spirit's coming upon you, he's not going to have you interrupt and distract from the preaching or the worship or anything else that's going to make people not be able to concentrate on what is happening. So the Holy Spirit, he will bring you into self-control, not make you out of control. Let's look at another verse, John 14 Verse 16 and 17 in the Amplified Bible. It says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Notice what it says in the Amplified. It gives you some other words. Comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. To be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually, and he will be in you. Now, when Jesus says he will be in you, he's prophesying about the days that we live in today. The Holy Spirit is not just upon us. He lives on the inside of us. But I want to talk for a minute about some of the names given for the Holy Spirit in this passage. The Holy Spirit in this passage is referred to in different translations as different names given to him, divine names. And the Holy Spirit is revealed to us in many ways. And these names reveal to us what he does and who he is. The first one is the helper. The helper comes alongside to aid and to help. I love this. He's the comforter. The comforter comes to give us peace when there's no reason we should have peace, and he brings us comfort from him. The advocate, he defends us. He supports us. The strengthener, how many know we need strength every day we live, and the Holy Spirit is there to give it? The strengthener comes to give us strength when we don't have strength in ourselves. When we say on the days, I feel like giving up and I can't do it anymore and I can't take it anymore. The strengthener comes and gives us strength. Yes. 
I love this. He says he's the standby. He's the intercessor. He's the intercessor that prays through us the will of God when we don't know how to pray anymore. Come on now, somebody. When we are out of English words to explain what's going on in a situation, the Holy Spirit of God intercedes on our behalf through us. And he's the intercessor. That's why praying in the Spirit is so important. Because really, people that are not Spirit-filled, sometimes that's pride. Oh, you think you got everything in your English language? No, you don't. I just happen to believe that I can only pray so much in my English language. I need the Holy Spirit to come pray through me, and I'm humble enough to acknowledge that I can't do it on my own. So I need the Spirit of God to pray through me in a prayer language, speaking in other tongues as he gives me utterance. So the Holy Spirit comes and he helps us pray when we don't know how to pray anymore. I love one translation says the Holy Spirit is the encourager. Comes to give us encouragement when we need it the most. Comes to give us courage to press on and do great things for God. The comforter, the counselor, the strengthener, the advocate, the standby, the intercessor, the encourager. I love the message says when the friend comes. Because he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. These are just some of the names given for what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Can you see why he's kind of important? Kind of a big deal for the believer. Look at all these things he does for you that you can't do by yourself. Helps you, comforts you, counsels you, strengthens you, encourages you, intercedes through you, stands by you no matter what situation. That's what the Holy Spirit came to do, and that's who He is. He is God. He is a person. But He wants to be all those things to you. The question is, are we going to allow Him to do that? He won't override our will. He won't make us do anything. We have to receive His help. We have to receive who He is. We have to receive his comfort, receive his strength, receive his counsel. We have to receive his encouragement. He's not going to force it on us. But he's here, God inside, waiting to do it and waiting to help us. The Holy Spirit of God. I want to talk about one before we close today. And one of my favorite ones, it's a simple one, but it means so much. He's the helper comes alongside to assist and to help. I love this thing about the helper because you could take this any way you want. No matter what is going on in your life, he can help you. Sometimes a doctor can't help you. Sometimes your therapist can't help you. Sometimes your pastor can't even help you. Sometimes your friends can't help you. Your mama and daddy can't help you. But there is a helper that can help you no matter what situation, what's going on. He can help. And he chose to be known by that name, the helper. The Holy Spirit has come to help us. I love this. Most uh, most Christians are frustrated in their Christian walk. Because they don't realize there's help. Oh, you thought you were doing this by yourself. Oh, you thought you had to walk this out alone. You wouldn't need a Savior if you could do that. You wouldn't need a helper if you could do that. The Holy Spirit of God, come on now somebody. He comes to help you do what you can't do. He comes to help you live a successful Christian life when you can't live it. He comes to help you live holy. Live pure, live faithful, live faith-filled, live powerful. He helps you to give you the desire and the power to do his will. He helps you to live the will of God in your life, to walk out the plan of God in your life. He comes to help you. Two people got it. The rest of you are listening. He comes to help us. And we're frustrated because we're trying to do it by ourselves in our own strength. 
Don't you know the Holy Spirit's over there like, hello. I literally called myself the helper in the Bible. And you over here are trying to live this Christian life by yourself. I need to be a good person. I need to make the right confessions. I need to be a good example. You'll fail. Am I a little too excited on a Sunday morning? When he's over here saying, you can't do it. That's why I'm here. The Holy Spirit, the helper, has come to help you. That you can do it. You can do everything that God told you to do, told you to do, the plan of God for your life, because he's here to help. I'm excited. So he's the helper. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it on our own. God never told us to do it by ourselves. He never said, I'll leave you alone. He never said, try to figure it out. He said, I'm going to give you the Spirit of God himself to live in you, to give you the power and desire to do my will, the power to live this Christian life, the power to overcome, the power to beat addiction, the power to walk by faith, the power to live this new life, the power to live in the supernatural, and it only comes through the helper. Only comes through the helper. You can't do it. Can we all just be honest enough to say when we're frustrated, we are trying to do it by ourselves? not God's fault. <laughs> we all do it. And he said, no, I sent you the helper. But the other side of that is you got to give him something to work with. He's the helper, not the doer. And if you give him nothing to help, he's not doing anything in your life. Anthony, could you stand up for a second? Could you help me uh, help me lift this pulpit? I'm going to put it back on stage on three, okay? You ready for this? One, two, three. Let's go. Come on. Help me. Okay, let's try it again. Anthony, come on. One, two, three. Let's go. Anthony, sir, you're not helping me right now. Right, let's try again. One, two, three. Sir. Now stay right there, Anthony. This is what we do to the Holy Spirit all the time. He's not saying to do it by yourself, but you've got to give him something to work with. He can't help what you're not willing to do. His help comes in when you step out and do something. So try to help me now, Anthony. He's the helper. Thank you, sir. You can go sit down for a second. But the Holy Spirit, he can only help what you're going to do. So we have to step out, but there's a promise from his word. When we step out, he comes to help. We have to give him something to work with. Last but not least, God is with us through the Holy Spirit, living within us. But one of the things about the Holy Spirit is he's omnipresent. He's everywhere present to help us, to keep us, to guide us. And that's one of the characteristics I love about the Holy Spirit is him being ever-present because we're never alone. We're never away from him. He's always there to help. Psalm 139, could you put that up there for me? The psalmist David says it like this, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, 
Even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is everywhere present. He's omnipresent. And I love that because because he's ever present, that means he can help us because he's a helper. If you had an accident and you needed help, how many know the ambulance and the fire trucks and the police officers need to be present to help? It's not going to be any help if they're still down at the station. They need to be present. And that's what I love about the Holy Spirit. He's a ever-present help. He's the helper who's with us all the time. Like I said earlier in this message, he's not on the other side of heaven that you have to call him up. He's like, hey, could you get here pretty soon? Because some people treat God like that. God, I know you're busy right now. But if you got some time, could you, could you come my way in like 30 minutes to an hour? Could you try to? No, God's not a far away. He's ever present. The Holy Spirit of God. He's ever present to help us. Give us strength. Give us hope. Give us what we need. I love this verse. It's our last verse for today. Hebrews 4 and verse 16. A lot of you know it. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's look at it from the Amplified Bible. It said, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners. That we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. I love this. It says, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. And this verse right here, that is the Holy Spirit right there. That's who he is to you. He's a ever-present help. Not a faraway help, but an ever-present help. A, a helper who's living on the inside of you. One that comes at the appropriate time, well-timed help, coming just when we need it. That's who the Holy Spirit is to us. He's our helper. Come on, did you guys receive something today? Come on, let's stand up for a second. Father, we just thank you today for the Holy Spirit. Can we lift our hands this morning? Holy Spirit, we honor you today. And we just thank you for a moment. We thank you for being a part of our lives. We thank you for the indwelling presence of God. We thank you today that, Holy Spirit, you are with us and you're in us. And you'll never leave us nor forsake us. The Word of God says you abide with us 